We're continuing our top tens of the tens, where this edition we're going to be jumping into TV shows that premiered in the 2010s on episode 73 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. And I'm another one of your hosts, Jessica Quaz. Yeah, we're continuing our series of the top tens of the tens. If you enjoyed episodes 70 and 71 when we dove into top ten movies of the tens, Jess, let's, there's lots of shows that came out in the tens. <laughs> there are a lot. The golden age of television continued on to the tens. Um, still going, I might add. Still great TV out there. Still great TV. Also, too much. Too, yeah. <laughs> Can we just say that? It's now gotten to the point where I can't watch a lot of it because I don't have the time. And what's funny is, like, I haven't had cable since 2013. And, <laughs> like, just between, like, Netflix and HBO and, like, Amazon, already too many, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, there are so many, it's, there, it's like, we probably used to live in a time where, like, you can keep up with all the best shows. Now, not even close. No. You can't even, like, the, when awards come around, the, uh, I remember being like, what the fuck is Fleabag? <laughs> 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 like, I just, or what's this Mozart of the Jungle garbage? You know, like, it just, <laughs> like, not to diss those shows, you know, one of those I may mention later in my top tens, but, like, it just, it kills me how there are so many now that, like, many of us have not heard of, and that it's, like, so many that we're just not going to get to. Even... Ones that came out, like, I just <laughs> talked about in a recent episode, I finished Sopranos. <laughs> you know, I haven't watched The Wire, haven't watched Deadwood. Like, there's so many we haven't seen, and they keep coming out. Yeah. Like, Apple's getting into shows now. I can't even think <laughs> about Apple. I, I can't. Like, first of all, how am I supposed to even get it? Like, I'm still very confused. I'm like, am I supposed to pay monthly for another streaming thing? No, thank you. I'm, I've reached my limit. I'm done. <laughs> Like, right. And there's so many shows out there. I don't know if you're the same way that I have started and I know I will never watch all the way through. Like what I've seen, I've seen. That's it. Like, I know I'm not going to finish True Blood ever. Like, eh, I got a lot of things to see. <laughs> yeah. and that's that's low on the priority list. <laughs> I'm not going to finish Orange is the New Black, you know. It was like it was like two or three seasons and nope. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Done with that too. So. Yep. Like just so many there's so many shows out there now. Like I can't yeah. I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd. Like it, even if I feel like even if someone's professional job like every day was to just watch and talk about shows wouldn't wouldn't be possible. Nope. <laughs> They'd have to keep to like one streaming service, and like the fact that so many shows come out in binge format. Some come out week to week. Some come out in chunks. Some have split seasons. There's it's it's absurd. And so yeah, it's there's many series. Uh, yeah, it's just no one's ever gonna be able to keep up anymore. Um, 
So yeah, but Jess, before we jump into the shows, uh, what else have you been watching lately? Um, so recently I rewatched Snowpiercer. Um, yeah, Bong Joon-ho, who just won for Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Picture at the Oscars. Um, I've only seen Parasite, Okja, and Snowpiercer from him. Uh, so I've been wanting to really get into his filmography and, and venture through it. So I started uh, in reverse chronological order. So Parasite, Snowpiercer, I might rewatch Okja. I didn't care for it the first time around, but if I'm doing it, I guess I gotta do it big. So we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, Snowpiercer is just. It's incredible, and at, watching it after all these years when it first came out, it's still like really, really, really holds up for many reasons. Um, the all of it's just thrilling, even if you know like what happens at the end. It's still just a wild ride to watch. Uh, so I really enjoyed seeing it again after all these years. Um, so if you have Netflix and you want to watch more Bong Joon Ho movies, or even if you don't, watch Snowpiercer because it's incredible. Um, yeah. That was one of my favorite that year when it came out. Yeah, it was so, so good. And honestly, like, I don't know if you were following the story, but um, while on the award season circuit, Bong Joon-ho was telling a lot of stories about how the Weinstein Company actually bought the distribution rights for it and how him and Harvey did not get along. And so kind of out of spite, Harvey made it like a limited release and like kind of just threw it over to the side um, and so it didn't get the distribution in America that it totally deserves, because if it did, I think it would have honestly been up for Oscars and, like, really been a big movie, but uh, it's another person, Harvey Weinstein, ruined, so great, great, great. Um, but now you can stick it to him and watch it on Netflix and see it. Yes. Uh, what else have you been watching? I finally saw Cats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, finally. Finally. I, I wanted to see it in theaters because there, it's not very often I get to see a horrifically bad movie in theaters, you know? So, <laughs> and not on that level. So, the theater that close that's close to my house is an Alamo draft house, and they do these things called rowdy screenings where they bring back certain movies, and instead of, like, the normal rules of a movie theater, you get to laugh, you get to cheer, you get to scream make fun of it you get to sing along you get to do everything it's kind of like mystery science theater but for like the whole audience which was very fun so it was a great experience had i had to sit there and watch it normally don't think i would have enjoyed it as much um it's terrible it's rough it's really rough and really trippy and really weird i watched the whole thing sober i can't imagine watching it inebriated in any way I would have had a panic attack <laughs> uh, it's wild you don't have to go see it I saw it for you it's wild and uh, I enjoyed it though because I enjoy those type of movies and another movie I saw recently was Birds of Prey um, I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would uh, it's fun the action sequences are really good um, and there's like a nice story to it too that's sort of like an origin story of the birds of prey told through Harley's perspective. I really, really liked it. And Ewan McGregor is such a good villain. He's so creepy and so weird. Um, I really liked it. I think a lot of people were maybe too hard on it, um, just because it is like a wacky superhero movie. 
Well, not really a superhero, anti-hero movie, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I really enjoyed it, though. Um, if it's still playing in theaters. Comic book was, adaptation. Comic book adaptation, yes. Um, I liked it. I really, really liked it. I think more people should see it and be open to it because I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was just like a really fun, fun movie. Uh, yeah, so Brits Prey. Good. Awesome. Uh, so uh, I'm going to... I feel like I'm going to plug this uh, app slash site because I, I love it. Uh, I, I'm checking out my diary on uh, Letterboxd. You love that website. Be- because it's awesome to track. Every time I watch a movie, I track it, and then I can go back and look and be like, oh, fuck, this is what I've been watching. Um, it's a good thing I did because I almost forgot. So uh, obviously we haven't recorded for like a month or two, so uh, multiple things, but some notable ones. Uh, one thing I saw, Knives Out. Uh, yeah. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I saw it yes. twice. It would have totally been in my top 10 of 2019, uh, possibly even top 10 of the 10s, had I seen it before we did those. Uh, because, yeah, it was so much fun. Ryan Johnson was incredible. Um, I've recently actually saw all three of the Kung Fu Panda movies. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Um, for a bad movie night with my friends, I saw Josie and the Pussycats. And oh, Detro- I remember that as a kid. Oh, yep. wow. And Detroit Rock City. That was a bad movie, Detroit Rock City? I love that movie. Watch it again. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it in like 10 years. But as a teen, I was like, this movie's cool. It's bad. Oh, um, no. Uh, one movie that I'm glad I didn't pay to see in theaters that wasn't that good, uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, I forgot uh, about that completely. Yep, a lot of people did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a movie I saw that was more of a classic one I hadn't seen, Ed Wood. Nice. Um, with Johnny Depp. Uh, uh, some, some interesting uh, logs here. Um, I saw the old school uh, Reefer Madness from the 30s. <gasps> yes. That hour long movie. I don't know if you know, but weed is just as bad as crack. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> on Amazon for free. Woof, it's a trip. I didn't know that. It was on there for free. Oh, yeah. Um, gotta watch that soon. I saw Creed 2. Um, which, if you liked the first Creed, I think you'll like Creed 2. I think it was very under... Like, it kind of came out, and I feel like people just like, eh, it's another Rocky movie. But I'm like, yeah, this is actually still good. Still well acted. You know, it's exactly what you think it's going to be, but most Rocky movies are. But, like, it's well acted, well directed. Um, so, I enjoyed it. Uh, and then one of the latest movies I saw that came out just this last year, uh, Fighting With My Family. Did you see that? No, but I noticed it's on Hulu now, so I definitely want to see it soon. I'd give it a watch, yeah. It's based on uh, the story of the wrestler Paige, who she grew up in Britain, and her entire family was like a wrestling promotion. She started wrestling at like 13 or some shit. Um, she's our age, and wow. she unfortunately at the moment already is like retired <laughs> because of just injuries over the years, but like she had. It's obviously, like, sort of fictionalized. They kind of trim some things for a movie plotline. But, like, for the most part, it's a really good story. Uh, Stephen Merchant directed it and, like, wrote it. And, uh, yeah, it's well done. Um, 
so yeah, that's kind of all over the place things I've been watching. Some bad movies, some older movies, some more recent movies. Um, yeah, when you run a show about bad movies and have a monthly bad movie night with your friends, those are always going to be in there. Because, um, yeah, my friends and I were coming up on bad movie night 17, 17 months straight. <laughs> wow, and, that's awesome. Yeah, and we're almost on Bruise and Bad Movies 9. So, like, there's a lot of those mixed in there. <laughs> and you have a wealth of content to go for years because there's a lot of bad movies out there. You haven't yeah. even hit, like, Lifetime movies. Oh, my no. God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there's a difference between bad movies that are fun and just garbage. <laughs> um, but You yeah. clearly haven't seen She's Too Young because that is a time. <laughs> don't want to, don't plan to. Um, but, yeah, uh, so just for those who... Um, are curious how we're going to be doing the top 10 of the 10s for TV shows. Um, We decided to make the rule that the show had to premiere sometime between 2010 and 2019. So there's not going to be shows like Breaking Bad or Sons of Anarchy or like other uh, Parks and Rec even community shows that started in like the late 2000s and then went till the 2010s. Like it had to have started between 2010 and 2019. Just want to throw that caveat out there so if people are wondering why there are certain shows that aren't on our list, that's why. Yeah, um, and that was, like, I mean, it was hard because, like, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows of all time, but it didn't come out this decade, and we're focusing only on shows that came out this decade, maybe came and went this decade, maybe are still going, just as long as they started before 2010. That's pretty much the criteria. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, so there's going to be some comedies, there's going to be some dramas, so opposed to some of our other top ten rankings, we're not going to do in-depth on all ten. Um, so, uh, Jess, before we get started, uh, any uh, just a few honorable mentions you'd like to throw out there? Yeah, I have quite a few because, goddamn, there's so much good television out there. Um, so my honorable mentions that I really enjoyed, really loved, thought were amazing, but just didn't make the cut... Um, Stranger Things, The Leftovers, American Crime Story, True Detective, but just season one and three, uh, <laughs> Fargo, Broadchurch, and The Newsroom. Okay. Um, that's funny because one of the films that's, uh, one of the films, one of the shows that's actually on my umbrella mentions as well, Fargo. Nice. Uh, I saw the first two seasons, haven't seen anything since. I, I would like to continue on with that. One that I think would be in my top ten, but I just unfortunately have not seen enough yet to justify it. Um, but I've loved everything I've seen of it. I want to sit down and like binge the whole series, even though it's going to be a while. Bob's Burgers. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, and then another show, it's a Netflix like docu-series show that has only had like limited episodes, but I love it so much. The Toys That Made Us. Oh, yeah, that is a great show. And they just came out with the movies that made us, which I haven't watched yet. Ooh, that's making me want to get Netflix again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's a show I just, like, have enjoyed every episode I've seen, and I think it's just so well done. But those are my few honorable mentions I wanted to throw out there. I'm sure there's more, but there's a lot of shows about 10 years. Yeah, it's really easy to forget some of these shows because there are just so many. Yes. So, Jess, do you want to give us your 10 through 6 
of the tens. Sure. Yeah, let's get into it. So my ten through six. Here we go. Number ten is Watchmen. That uh, is a very new show. It might actually, we don't even know if it's going to be a show or a miniseries. There's talks of maybe or maybe not bringing it back for season two. Um, but season one is incredible. It's amazing television, and you don't have to be a fan of Watchmen to really enjoy it. I watched it with my boyfriend. He never read the graphic novel, he didn't see the movie. He just went in totally blind, and he loved it. And as a fan of Watchmen, the source material, it's incredible, and it's so different because it's not a reboot, it's not an adaptation. They The series starts, like, 30 years after the graphic novel, so it's, like, the world that Watchmen is. It's so good. Just go watch it. It's great. Which, um, apparently, it may be its only season. But it may be its only season, We'll see. I'm hoping there's a season two, because this season was so good. But if there's no <laughs> season two, it's also okay, because the season was so good. Um, <laughs> number nine is Westworld. Number Ooh. eight is Nathan For You. Uh, it's a Comedy Central spoof of, like, reality shows that go in and fix businesses. If you haven't seen it, every episode's on Hulu. It's brilliant. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Um, so, Nathan, for you. Um, number seven is The Crown, because I'm a fancy gal. <laughs> <laughs> and number six is The Good Place. Okay. All right, yeah, I've seen uh, a good portion of those, but uh, some I still need to see. Um, so my number 10, uh, I just noticed even uh, we were talking earlier about it's so hard to keep up with shows. A lot of the shows on my list I haven't even fully caught up with or finished, but they've just had that effect on me. Um, my number 10 is Veep. Haven't seen all of it. But oh I, yeah, Veep is it's, brilliant. It's brilliant, um, and it's sad how accurate I think that is uh, to just being real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, my number nine is Black Mirror. I nice. think haven't seen it all, but poof, that shuffle done fuck you up. Um, <laughs> my number eight is Key and Peele. I think some of the best sketches of our time and now it's crazy to see where their careers have gone <laughs> um, my number seven I'm so sad the show isn't continuing at the moment but it is Fleabag oh I didn't know you watched Fleabag I still haven't seen it yet I just recently did incredible Phoebe Waller-Bridge incredibly talented the writing is just insane it's so funny um, that's my number seven and my number six is Better Call Saul which I've seen three of the seasons. I know there's some more uh, out, but the first season has one of my favorite performances of the tens. Um, I think it is an incredible follow-up to Breaking Bad, and I've loved what I've seen, and I can't wait to continue watching. But that is my ten through six. Very diverse, as is mine, and no overlaps yet. That's how many shows there are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Jess, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our top five. What's your number five? So, my number five is Succession on HBO. This is relatively new. It just aired for the first time in 2018, so they just had two seasons. Uh, this is a show that's definitely coming back, so that's great. Um, 
I was really hesitant to watch this show at first. I kept hearing it was great and amazing and prestige TV, whatever, whatever, HBO. But <laughs> I I don't know. Whenever I saw a trailer for it or any sort of promotion, it was just like, okay, rich people and their drama. I get it. Rich um, people and their drama. Because <laughs> that's, like, what it is, really. Um, but I actually started watching it. I don't know why. I think I was just like, let's give it a go. Let's see what all the fuss is about. And I have been obsessed ever since I started it. It's incredible. It's The writing is just so brilliant. Every episode feels like you're watching a play, which is really cool. It's so dialogue heavy, but every word they say matters and it counts and it means something. It's just not just like talking for the sake of talking. Ooh, that sounds like I'd like that. (laughs) I think you would really, really like this show, honestly. I think you should give it a shot. I think you would like it. Um, It's produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. So it's Adam McKay has since like kind of gone political. So there's like some politics and some class issues, like that kind of thing are involved. But it's just it's just funny. It's dramatic. It's just a little bit of everything in it. Um, the performances are amazing. Everything is just honestly like ten out of ten for this show. Um, I think what's also very interesting about this show is that every character is despicable. There's, like, no character that's not morally corrupt. They're all corrupt and have issues, so many issues. And you weirdly root for them, and you feel for them, even though if you knew these people in real life, you would hate them. And I think that's just something so brilliant the show does, is take these, like, true-to-life kind of characters and makes you see them. I don't know. It just... It's just incredible. I would say watch it, even if it is, like, rich people problems. It is some (laughs) wild problems on that show. So I love it. Succession. It's great. Watch it. HBO. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I am definitely way more interested now. I've heard good things, but uh, based on how you're describing it, I gonna make that a priority when I uh, get my HBO back. You um, should. I think you would love it, and it's very strong Sorkin energy coming from it, too. Um, even though he has nothing to do with it. I would say it's, like, even... like ESE, pr- big Sorkin energy. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, prime Sorkin, too. It's, like, the good Sorkin. Um, yeah, I just love it. It's just, all of it's amazing. Love good it. to know. Um, okay, well, speaking of HBO, my number five is also an HBO show. Uh, mine is Silicon Valley. I have not seen a single episode of Silicon Valley, and I don't know if I ever will, to be quite honest. <laughs> not because of the show, because there's so many other things to watch. Well, I recommend it. Uh, earlier seasons have some T.J. Miller, so I know he's not for everyone, but Gross. he's yeah, not the he's, main character. Yeah. Um, and then once things kind of came out, they're like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I'd say watch it for Thomas Middleditch. Watch it for uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Martin Starr. Um, the show, it, it's crazy because it, uh, I think it, so it just ended, I think it was its sixth season. 
And every season, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that show's coming back. And then I'd, uh, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it. And then I'd watch it and be like, oh, yeah, I remember why I love this show. Because the writing, it's hilarious. There's tons of twists and turns throughout the season. You don't know where it's going to go. Um, it's funny, like, I almost towards the end was like, all right, we get it. There's going to be a twist. Like, which it wasn't like that kind of thing but it's like because it was so smart for so many different seasons I'm like is it funny how it's almost repetitive for being original and smart <laughs> like like not that it was necessarily a bad thing but it just like I don't know uh, and I think it ended in a really well done way there's many shows that there's controversial endings people hate the series finales the season finales whatever it may be um, I think it ended in a really lovely way the best way that kind of show could end and so I, I think that's what made me really appreciate it was it never quite fell downhill. Like there were certain episodes I was like, okay. But uh, for the most part, it was uh, also the seasons are pretty short. I think they're only like six to eight episodes. So it's a very breezy, um, just kind of whoop goes by. And uh, so there's many times where I just wait a few weeks. There'd be a couple episodes. I'd binge those. Um, but yeah, I think the performances, uh, The uh, it's a Mike Judge show. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, really well done. Um, it's a lot of about, obviously, Silicon Valley and apps and tech people. and But I, I think it just, with the actors and the performances they have, it brings you right into that world. And I loved it. I think it's well worth uh, watching. And, yeah, I absolutely love it. And also, I'll forever say, I think it was like the first season, had the best dick joke I've ever seen. (laughs) 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 Where it's like a good, like I think, like three to five minute dick joke that is just hilarious. <laughs> That's a long dick joke. Yeah, but once you see it, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that is my number five. So my number four is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, I loved this show. I thought it was brilliant. I thought every episode was original and unique. Um Unfortunately, it only had four seasons. I think it could have gone on forever. Uh, <laughs> it, it premiered 2015 and ended 2019. And for those of you who don't know, it's a original musical comedy show. So every song on there is completely original, which is incredible. And it's really, really funny, too. And on top of that, it is a lot about mental health in a very real and honest way which was incredibly refreshing to see on TV, I think. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There was something about it that just made me feel better and made me feel less alone watching it, just going through struggles, um, mental, emotional issues. The show captures it all, really. Um, And the musical numbers were funny and original. Sometimes they were emotional. Sometimes they were just beautiful. Like, it had a little bit of everything to it which was really cool and what they set out to accomplish was huge and they I think really succeeded and it's so high on my list because there really has never been a show like it before um I can't think of any original musical shows I mean the only ones I think of are ones that take songs and regurgitate them like Lee hello um (laughs) but 
this one was just so different, and every song geared towards what was happening in the episode. And so they were not only writing and and creating the show, but, like, they were also doing musical numbers. And the show is really led by Rachel Bloom, who starred in it, who wrote for it, who even I directed a couple Bloom. episodes. <laughs> She's so, like, she could just do it all, and she mm. did for the show. And the show is just really, like just a, a capsule for, like, what she, everything she could do given to us. Um, I love it, and I think it's just, like I said, it's very unique. It's very different. There was no other show like it in this decade, and there, I don't think, has been before it either. I think the ratings were always, like, kind of, like, up and down. Um, CW. It's, a, it's on the CW, which was honestly kind of mind-boggling that a show with that high of quality was on the CW. And so yeah. I think, like, honestly, people didn't know what to make of it because it's an original musical comedy, which yeah. is just, like, crazy enough as it is. But then it's on the CW. And so I think, like, they j- people just didn't know how to respond to it or how to take it in. Um, but it's, you should give it a shot. It's brilliant, especially if you're a musical fan or a comedy fan, definitely see it. Um, and there's only four seasons, so, you know, it's kind of short, but yeah, I just love it. And I'm so excited to see like what Rachel Bloom will do next. What, like most of the actors on the show, I'm like really invested in their careers at this point. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's just such a, a unique thing that we had on TV, and I, I don't know. I thought it was just so awesome. Like you said, wildly original. Rachel Bloom is incredible. Um, just the fact that they pull off all these songs for a show. Uh, yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's well worth giving it a shot because it decides to do something different when so many shows on TV are just the same thing. Yeah, and I would say, too, they are dealing with very, very heavy storylines, but they do it in a way that is relatable and digestible and kind of makes you feel okay about it. Like, it's just, like, because everyone deals with their own thing, and this show just kind of says, hey, like, we deal with sadness, too, we deal with feeling depressed sometimes, we feel this, like... And it's okay, you're not alone, and, like, let's sing about it. Like, it's just it's just an interesting way to, to show mental illness in a way that's relatable, but then also makes you feel okay. And most shows, I feel like, make it very dramatic, and it's this whole, like, thing. This show just nailed every impossible storyline they had and did it in a way that you got something out of it as well. Yeah. Definitely. I always love when content covers mental health. So, um, because it's, I believe, something more people should focus on. Yep. A hundred percent agree. And the show did that in a, and again, in a way that just made sense and made you feel something in a, in a positive way. Yep. So my number four is also a comedy. It is not a musical um, but it's, it's not also, Glee. <laughs> no. Um, my number four is also a show I have not. Uh, so it's a show I haven't finished, um, but I've loved um, every season, every episode I've watched, and that's Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
Nice. I that's a show that I've started. I haven't finished yet, but I will finish. <laughs> yep. I'm I plan to at some point as well. It's yeah, it's Michael Shore's show. It's a lot of the people who some of them worked on The Office, some of them worked on Parks and Rec, and now they work on this. And I think a lot of people are like Andy Samberg, really Terry Crews. It's like no, 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 give it a shot because it's so well made. I love it. It's so funny. I love the Halloween themed episodes. I love uh, how they're able to kind of do a workplace type comedy, but it's also a cop show. Um, it just juggles a lot of things, but also there are some episodes where it covers some heavy subjects in a good way. And I think if you're going to make comedies, I think this is one that is one of the best made in this, that started in this decade, um, is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I've seen, like, the first two seasons or three seasons of that show, and I did this thing that I always do, and I need to stop doing it, where I get so into a show that I first see, I'm really into it, I binge it hard, and then I get tired of it because I've watched too much too soon. (laughs) You know, nothing to do with the show's quality. I did that with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where I was like, I'm only going to watch this for five days. And then was like, (laughs) okay, I I did this too too much. You can't. Um, So so I needed a long break, and I did this to myself. But yeah, it's funny, it's hilarious, and... The ensemble is amazing, too. Like, every one of them is just yep. so good and so funny. Yep. They uh, they handle that ensemble well. There's many different dynamics, many different types of comedy. And, uh, yeah, I think they just know the characters so well and they treat them so well. And, it, like, you just love them and you want to watch it. And I love that cold open that was made within the last couple of years with Andy Samberg singing uh, I Want It That Way by uh, Backstreet Boys. What is your number three? My number three is actually a miniseries, not a show. Oh. It's the only miniseries on my list officially. We don't know about Watchmen yet. Um, my number three is another HBO one, and it is Chernobyl. Oh, I still haven't seen this yet. Oh, see, this is one I think everyone needs to watch because, first of all, it's a historical event that is horrifying that we could learn a lot from. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... I knew about Chernobyl, you know, history, and um, for those of you that don't know, that's okay, because this show will tell you everything. But basically, um, it's about an explosion at the Chernobyl nuclear plant uh, in Russia, which was the Soviet Union at the time. And it just breaks down the personal relationships that people had to the event itself. It follows uh, Jared Harris. He plays uh, essentially a scientist whose main goal is to investigate what happened and give a report to uh, the Soviet Union saying this is what went down. Um, So you're seeing it through his perspective, being on the ground. So everyone that's around the nuclear power plant is going to be infected some way, somehow, and will eventually die. So you're also dealing with mortality on top of dealing with this crazy crisis. Uh, It shows a lot of 
the people that were living in the area, what happened to them, what happened to the people that were investigating, what happened to the scientists that tried to prevent this from happening again. Um, it also shows a lot about what our people in power can do to us that we don't realize. It's just mind-boggling. It's all I think every episode is beautiful with the cinematography, with the storytelling, but when you get to the last episode, your mind will be blown and you will question everything about the world around you. <laughs> so it's a heavy, heavy impact the show had. This I think that's why it was so popular. Um, but it's it's just it's one of the best miniseries I've ever watched. I would say the best of the decade because it does what it's supposed to do. It comes in. It punches you in the face, and it leaves. <laughs> like, that's what it did. Um, so I would say, I mean, I'm going to say this pretty much about every show, but this show in particular, I think that's one that, like, literally everyone could watch because everyone can learn something from it. Nice. Um, yeah. I have heard nothing but good things about that show. Um, obviously, uh, I don't want to say, like, I haven't, read much about it because of quote-unquote spoilers but it's uh yeah i have wanted to see it because yeah people say it's crazy and well done and yeah i am gonna make that a priority when i get my hbo back yeah and from what i understand too obviously like it's a show they dramatized it but the event itself is very dramatic and yeah by all accounts it does seem like they did stick to a lot of just the truth itself. Um, there was, like, a character made up who represented a, a bunch of characters kind of in one. But aside from that, every character is, is real. They had real stories. Um, and so it's actually, like, super informative and super accurate. And that's what kind of makes it interesting and terrifying, too, is that it's this happened. This is real. Um, and obviously, like, you can't, I mean, it's been spoiled that it, what happened happened in <laughs> history, but it's not necessarily about that because the explosion happens in the first episode, like, you know, um, but it's just about the pieces that surrounded it and the people and the human error and just the cover-ups and like, oh, God, <laughs> it's just like, yep. that's the stuff that's going to blow your mind. Yeah, so. I think it's like, it's not that I haven't wanted to see it, but also I was like, I have a feeling that this will upset me because this is real. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will definitely like scare you for a bit and like leave you thinking about a lot, but like in a way that's beautifully shot and written and edited. So you can appreciate that and enjoy that. And then think about impending doom later, you know? <laughs> think about impending doom later. <laughs> All right. Um, well, my number three uh, had three seasons. I wish there was going to be a fourth. Um, it was Netflix's Daredevil. Oh, Yeah. This is a show that I feel like a lot of people checked out the first season, and then for whatever reason, it just kind of the last... Because there were too many other Netflix shows, I think uh, with the Defenders build-up garbage, that like people felt that they needed to watch the other shows or whatever, and I'm like, no, 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 just watch Daredevil. <laughs> like, yeah. Season one of Jessica Jones is good. Season one of Punisher is good, but, like, you don't need to watch those in order to enjoy Daredevil. Like, you can just watch Daredevil. Um, if there's anything you need to know, they'll do, like, those previously on, blah, blah, blah. But, like, for the most part, 
watch Daredevil. It's incredibly well done. The fight choreography, it, I've seen some of the best action sequences, I'd say, in both film and TV from that show uh, in the tens, probably. Uh, it's cinematography is great. The acting is great. Um, they take a character that I think it's not necessarily like he's not as good a character as some other superheroes, but it's a little bit off. He's a character that he's blind, but he has hyper senses and he's a ninja, you know, and it just it's I didn't necessarily care about the Daredevil character that much until I saw that show. And I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> please, no one, no one. I would really hope that no one avoids this show just because the Ben Affleck movie is not known for being good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Let's hope that doesn't have a stain on it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it really is just its own thing. Charlie Cox is great. Uh, I'm blinking on his name right now. Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin is great. John Brenthal in season two as Punisher is great. Um, there's a lot of great acting, the writing. I think that it's so well done. And season three, it's not like some shows where it's like, eh, it's going downhill. But I think a lot of people give up on it because there's 13 episode seasons. And I'll be honest, some of them could probably be 10 opposed to 13. Mm -hmm. But it's not that big of a haul, guys. Um, It's it's really well done. Uh, For a long time, I think it may have been or maybe one of my favorite like comic book adaptations in media just cuz it just pulled me in made me interested in this character um for the most part it's pretty realistic it uh yeah i think it's just incredible television they pulled off a character that you wouldn't expect would work for a tv show i was like daredevil's getting a tv show not just a movie <laughs> like Batman, I get it, but, like, Daredevil? And it's like, oh, no, Daredevil, like, is very Batman-esque. And I think it's, yeah, handled incredibly well. I think what was really interesting about that, too, is that when it was canceled during the whole, like, sweeping of the the Defenders universe, it was, like, still highly rated on Netflix. Like, it was the number three most-watched show. So I don't know, like... Why did that guy? Why did that have to go? If so many people enjoyed it, I think the biggest thing that they were dealing with was the the budget. I think mm. because you know it was yeah. a superhero show, so like the budget was high, and you could tell because like it felt like a lot of times I'm like, God damn, this feels like a movie, but yeah. one episode. So that's something that like uh, maybe they could have changed some things. Maybe they could have made the season shorter. I'm not sure. Uh, Use the budget a little bit differently, but. Those three seasons, oof, I love them. I can't wait to watch them again. Uh, Yeah, so good. Yeah, you had me watch uh, the pilot when we did movie homework, or viewing homework, and I really enjoyed it. It was very good. And you did not continue. (laughs) I did not continue. I don't know if I ever will, to be honest. Not because of the show's quality. I know. I didn't think it would. (laughs) He's got a lot of shows. Yeah. That's like the biggest (laughs) thing about this episode. There's so many shows. There's so (laughs) many shows. Like, I just, I know in my heart I will never watch Daredevil but that doesn't mean it's a bad show. It was a very good show, and I respect it for what it is. But I got I got Buffy to watch now. You know, I'm like busy. 
<laughs> I got like things to do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I could someone should edit together like a summary like the best of stuff like best acted scenes best action sequences and you can just like watch like a 10 to 20 minute summary that would be like a brilliant youtube channel where you can like watch a whole series in like 10 minutes where it's like this happened and it was great and this and that this happened it was fluff don't worry about it like just goes through it all (laughs) yeah uh, well, Jess, we're down to top two. What is your number two? My number two is The Handmaid's Tale. Now, Ooh. this is a very heavy show. It is not for everyone. Um, there are some times where I I usually watch it the week it comes out because it comes out once a week on Hulu. And there are times where, like, I, I'm even, like, struggling to watch it because it's just so heavy and so dark. Um, but a lot of it is, is about overcoming a lot of issues and finding hope and just keep going and keep doing the best you can, even when you just want to give up. Um, so it's set in a dystopian future, um, and... It's basically the handmaids are women who are given to rich families um, to bear the children. Um, And it's just little pieces of our reality that are expanded upon, essentially. So even though it's like this dystopian future, it's so different from our structure of our society now, there are things in the show that aren't that different from what we deal with every day. And that's what makes it very gut-wrenching and horrifying. Um, Just like Chernobyl, this was so high on my list because it really has done something to me in this past decade watching it. It's made me think about a lot of things. It's made me, you know, reassess what's important to me, what are my priorities. Um, Yeah, it just packs a punch in a way that most shows don't. And it leaves you thinking about our society and our culture and, like, what is happening and where we're going. Um, So there's very, very heavy elements to it, for sure. But it's also very cerebral cerebral in the sense that it gets you thinking and it impacts you, makes you see things a little differently. Um, And I I don't know. There's not a, a show, I don't think, this decade that really has made you think about our society like this Um, because that is a very tricky subject to tackle in a 45 minute episode (laughs) but but this show does it and it it does it very well Um, and aside from just the plot line and everything the show's gorgeous like the shots are beautiful Uh, the set designs are incredible they give you that cold dystopian feel but also, like, draws your eye in. It makes you just want to keep watching just to look at it alone. So that's really interesting, too. Um, And the acting is just phenomenal. Elizabeth Moss, yeah, she's a Scientologist, but she can act. She can act very well. (laughs) So I just ignore that she's a Scientologist, and it's fine. Um, (laughs) And the supporting cast is just... It's just mind-blowing. And every character... Even if they are despicable and terrible, you see their humanity or their lack thereof. And, yeah, just, again, it makes you think about society and the people around you and our culture and our world and 
what are we doing? What what are our priorities? And just big, heavy things. Yeah. Um, that's been on my list to see. I've, yeah. It's... <laughs> been nominated for awards uh, a lot of people became obsessed with it like you gotta watch this and i'm like yeah if i get hulu someday that's gonna be <laughs> probably one of the first ones i watch uh i and it's interesting because yeah it feels like even though like not to say that elizabeth moss wasn't in stuff before but i think it like kind of put her on a different um different pedestal so that people can it's like hey no no she could be a leading actor and she should be cast in things because she's talented yeah i mean i had known of her i wasn't a huge Mad Men fan i just didn't watch it um but i know that was like a big role for her that's kind of where she broke out but this is like really what cemented her into being like regarded as like a top tier actress and she deserves it too they deserve every award they get because what they're doing is not what a lot of shows are doing and what they're bringing is something so different. And like I said, it just, it makes you think about things in a way that most shows can't because they're just, you know, they're entertainment. They're not meant to be doing this. Um, but this is one that just kind of holds the mirror up to society and says like, are you fine with this? Cause eh. um, it's great. And I would say out of like every show on my list, this is like one that, I think everyone should be watching. Isn't that about Chernobyl and Succession? But this time, I really, really, really mean it. This time. This time, watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. It's it, it's on the giant. If I had a doc that was a giant list, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put that. Put this one towards the top. Yes. Okay. Uh, my number two is wildly different than Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's quite different <laughs> in like every way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rick and Morty. Uh, yeah, it, this is a show that you know it's very controversial. I know Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland aren't the best people but like for the show itself for like the animators involved and the writing that's involved i think it's just so well done um how they blend kind of just like stupid space things with parody with heart and all these like mixed together for this weird weird show that uh is so original I think um, I think that Rick and Morty. I don't know. It's I'm excited for where it can go because I've seen pretty much everything except for maybe the latest episode. It's on its fourth season, um, and sh- this show is just okay. I'm sure you've heard of Pickle Rick. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course I have. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but like, it's funny as like, I think a lot of people like just saying like, I'm Pickle Rick, but like, <laughs> if, have you seen that episode? I have seen that episode. Yeah. Okay. Like that also is an episode about like a family therapy session that it's like half kind of diehard ripoff of, with a pickle and half family therapy session <laughs> that shouldn't be 
pulled off. Because <laughs> it's so stupid. But it's the best kind of stupid. Um, there's... It's they do some insane dark comedy moments. They do some like emotional things. They just do straight up stupid things where they're like ah glib glob or you know whatever <laughs> like because yeah. And I think I think it's a show that has controversy because a lot of people attribute to not wanting to watch it because of the dumb fans. But I'm like don't pay attention to the fans. It's just like the annoying Star Wars fans or the uh, some annoying comic book fans. It's like, don't not watch this show because of the fans. Like, that's... Watch it for the show because that's what matters. You know, like, they, a show can't control its fans. Um, and so, I and like I said, even though some of the creative people behind it may not be the best... There's tons of talent involved. The animation is wild. Um, it just feels so original. Uh, it's one of those shows that I, there are some other shows like it, uh, especially some Adult Swim shows, that they take sometimes years between seasons because they'd rather come back and make quality. They don't just churn out episodes every year to meet a quota. They don't do long seasons. They do very short seasons. Um, sometimes they do weird splits. Sometimes they just drop an episode on April Fool's Day. You know, uh, they, I don't know. I think it's very unique, and it's a show that... Um, at this moment, I don't think has had a like a bad episode per se. There's some that are better than others, but for the most part, there's unique and hilarious things in almost every episode I've seen. Yeah, that is one where I've seen a few episodes of it, and I thought it was weird and funny. Um, and I, I maybe one day will watch all of it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day we'll see. <laughs> All right, Jess, it's the big moment. It's your number one. Yes, my number one is Schitt's Creek. This wow. show. Yeah, I love this show. Um, I didn't get into it until maybe about a year ago, and I binged it all and then <laughs> rewatched like two, a couple episodes here and there. Um, it's lovely. It's just so lovely. Um, it's, <laughs> it's so just funny. It's so lovely. It's so lovely. It's, it's, re- it's hilarious, first off. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it is hilarious from beginning to end. But as the series progresses, it just gets better and better. And it becomes more, like, happy and quaint. So for those of you who haven't watched the show or have heard of it but don't know what it is, um, it's about this rich family, the Roses. Um, Eugene Levy's the dad. Catherine O'Hara's the mother, which, hello, dream team, always. <laughs> um, Dan Levy plays their son, and Dan Levy is actually the showrunner and a writer for the show, so he's doing a lot. And then Annie Murphy plays her daughter. So the four of them are this rich, wild family who lose everything in a bad investment, but they are allowed to keep one asset, and that is the town called Schitt's Creek that <laughs> uh, Eugene Levy's character bought for Dan Levy's character one of his birthdays as a joke. <laughs> so, uh, so, like, in the first episode, Dan Levy's like, you really bought the town? <laughs> it's a real town. Um, so they have to go live there. It's the only place they can live because uh, they have nothing else. 
the mayor of the town decides to let them have two motel rooms that are adjoining. So these four rich people now have to share two motel rooms. <laughs> it's so funny. And so they're vapid. They're weird. They're wild. They're so far from, like, the real world. And now they have to, like, literally integrate themselves in it. Um, so that's where the humor, like, really comes through. And then, like I said, as the show goes on, they learn to become better versions of themselves, which is always really nice. And in a way that is natural and progressed very well. Um, I'm really sad that it's ending this season on its sixth season. Um, they all just decided, you know, it's kind of done, uh, which is interesting because the show is really, really picking up steam like the last two years. Um, and they just kind of decided to go out on top while it was good, not drag it on for longer than they needed to, which I think is super respectable, but I don't, I don't. I don't want it to go away. It's so good. <laughs> uh, I I just love this show. It to me, it's the funniest show I've watched of this decade that that came out. No offense to Brooklyn Nine Nine, it's hilarious, but this show is just just hysterical. Every episode, I am actually like laughing out loud and just feeling good too, like about myself and like growing as a person and like learning to overcome things you didn't even know you need to overcome um it's just a darling sweet show i love it (laughs) i don't want it to go away yeah uh i have only seen maybe like 10 or less schitt's creek episodes but uh i've loved all the ones i've seen i definitely see the value in the show and i want to keep watching it um I find that also respectable that they want to kind of end while it's still good and not have some shows where they kind of go downhill. Uh, I also think the reason why a show like that works is because I was looking at the episode counts and like they do like 13, 14 episodes a season. And I feel like that's like the perfect number or less for shows. Like it's back the old model when they used to every every season's got to be 22 to 25 episodes. I'm like, they're going to have bad episodes then because like no matter how many talented writers you get in a room, they can't bat that many good episode they're not gonna bat that well in that season but like when you put a shorter number it means the quality gets crunched down and it's easier to weed out the bad ones and so uh, i find that respectable i've been hearing more and more as the show grew like i feel like the first season or two like some people like oh yeah that show's funny and then all of a sudden it became a show where everyone's like oh you gotta see it yeah and it is a show that really just got better and better and better each season it grew on top of itself in a way that was amazing and i think that's what it was was the evolution of the show started off as like, oh, that's funny, that's funny, that's funny. And then was like, oh, oh, it got me in my heart. Like, oh, I'm in it. I, I'm rooting for all of them. This is sweet. This is great. Like, the, it grew a soul as the main vapid characters grew their souls, too, which was cool. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, I love it. And, I mean, Dan Levy's just a genius. Um yeah, his dad's Eugene Levy, and he stars in the show. There's, so there's, like, a skosh of nepotism there. But it's very well-earned, because what he's done is brilliant. And he's had, like, his thumbprint on every piece of the show. He's writing, show-running, starring. Um, it's just... He's, he's just, like, 
one of the most talented content creators of our time, I think. And this is only his first show, so there's much more to see from him, and I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, just especially if you're a fan of like Christopher Guest movies, you need to see this show, because it is definitely in that vein. I mean, it's got Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Um, and gosh, like Catherine O'Hara, like she's had such a long career. She's been in so many things. But this is, like, the best she's ever been because she just has free reign to do whatever she wants, and she <laughs> delivers it. Uh, it's just, uh, I love this show so much. I could talk about it for hours. It's just, it's just so good. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, my number one is wildly different for that, and I'm also <laughs> a little surprised that this number one was not even on your top ten. Oh. Oh, is it Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of fucking course it's Game of Thrones. What a, of course. Um, Did you forget? No, I didn't forget. I just... <laughs> I didn't forget it. I think the ending... Okay. We don't need to fight about this, but... I think the ending was just so bad that for me personally, it overshadowed all of the good. And that's why it wasn't on my top 10. It wasn't an honorable mention because it just was so, so bad. Nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's my hot take. This is not, this is not like objectively the best shows. This is like favorites. It's very subjective. The same. Fair. Fair, and for me but, personally, that ending really, really was bad. And it just, but that here's deserved. what I'll say. I agree with that because I've said that for movies. Um, and, like, there are some series and season finales that I've really hated. Um, and while I know a lot of the behind the scenes, it's, you it, like, when you read a lot of the behind the scenes, it's like, yeah, clearly these guys just wanted to end this show. Oh, because yeah. It, it, but also, it, it kind of had a bit of a toxic fan base, you know. Uh, I think D.B. Wise and David Benioff were really great adapters. Mm-hmm, yep. I think the first, we'll just say, I'll just say the first four seasons, five and six have some highlights, but also some lowlights. So we'll just say the first six seasons. Um have some great adaptation. Some original stuff was really good. Some, really not. Um, but it's a show that I feel the reason why it had to be my number one is because <clears throat> it is just a show that so many people like a Breaking Bad. Um, it was must-see television. It's one of the last, I think, ever that is must-see television. Because... Television's completely changed. It's not about this show is on at this time, on this day, this week. Content is much more the way I had to explain to my parents and my grandparents. I'm like, I can't watch, I can't be home this day at this time all the time. You know? That's just not how my life runs. I want to watch shows when I'm available to watch shows. I want to watch, I want to, I don't want to be stopped because I've caught up. You know, I like to be able to watch at my leisure because, hey, I may have a day off where I can watch some and then I may not be able to watch some for a week. Um, so, But I think that Game of Thrones may be one of the last big event television shows 
that where everyone, it's like a, uh, so much of America was like, Sunday at this time? watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, and if you didn't, then you were very behind. Just by one yes. episode a day. Like, if you missed it and you watched the next day, you still felt behind from everyone else. And I yeah. think you're right. I think that that kind of way of viewing stuff is kind of dead. I don't know if something yeah. can come back to, like, that caliber. Um, yeah. So, I of course, like, yeah, I respect it fully for that and always will. I, I And for me... The where I am because I love the show so much. Yes, I understand that the last two seasons, especially, were were either mediocre to not good. Um, I get it, but I'll just I'll just say one through six. You know, we can we can break down all the different seasons. We could do a season rankings. You know, I'm sure we can review in more time, and it's really only maybe seasons one through four. But the point being is when the show was at its best. It was incredible. Um, the acting, the scope, shooting in different countries, uh, the world building that George R. R. Martin did in the books, and then they were able to bring to uh, life the incredible ensemble cast, most of which were like unknown actors, at least to an American audience, um, and some just to the world unknown. Uh, it felt like both Shakespearean, but also eventually later had incredible action. Um, some of it had action sequences that were damn near movie scenes. Um, it's, like I said, shot in so many different countries, so many different crews. It spanned all these different storylines over years. And I think it was just, it allowed, I think, I'll just say normal people who maybe make fun of fantasy or sci-fi to like get into fantasy because I think a lot of people liked Lord of the Rings and then like this was like another thing like yeah, it's like yeah it's okay to like fantasy guys you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of times where I loved when the show was just a political drama that was sort of in a medieval alternate world mm-hmm. you know um it had some of my when we eventually do top ten like acting performances. It has some of my favorite performances. Um, seasons one through se- three, I've seen so many times, and the, like it doesn't get old for me. Uh, I know Jess, you're someone who's really only watched the show like once, but I started a tradition where like every year when the new season was coming out, I like rewatched the whole series. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. <laughs> But it's, like, there are things that I pick up that I didn't notice the first time. Uh, The way that they would, like, they could intertwine different characters into being, like, bigger roles. And then, like, a next season, not as big a role. Like, season one, like, I think people forgot who the fuck Theon was. He was just a douchebag in some of the background. Mm -hmm. Um, And then season two, he has this arc. Um, And then, you know, all of a sudden, Jamie. You look at Jamie Lannister in a completely different way. Tyrion, we root for Tyrion, but then people die. The deaths, the crazy deaths that would just, like, haunt people. And <laughs> Rob Stark still haunts me. Yeah. I it mean... It still gets to me. Like, this was a show that, like... I hate to say it, like, yeah, some shows do some twisty deaths out of nowhere. But this was like, hey, hey we'll do that, like, once a season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every time you think you may be able to guess it, like, you won't, you know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, towards the end, 
got worse. <laughs> I think it's clear that the showrunners wanted to move on with their lives. And the thing that I do slightly, slightly, not fully, feel bad for them is they did have to deal with cr- criticism with almost every decision they made. Um, it's like no matter what, people hated on something. Like, they could do an episode like Hard Home where everyone's like, oh, my God. But then they do, like, one other thing, and it's like people would forget about how much they loved Hard Home. Or they'd forget about this, or they'd forget about that, and it was just negative, 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 negative. And, like, um, the season five finale where Jon Snow, like, seemingly dies, like, like Kit Harrington like, was just probably harassed daily is John Snow dead you know and like is John Snow dead and then like season six everyone's like oh he's alive like what what fucking stupid shit it's like (laughs) none no other shows have to deal with the harshness because every season the popularity grew um it went from like the first two seasons like some people watched it to like season three and four like everyone was watching it (laughs) yeah I do like agree with you on that that they did really have a hard time because there was such a loud fan base and so many people voicing their opinions um and that does suck because anything they did was like up for debate and up for negative criticism no one was universally happy because you can't do that with that big of an audience but at the same time it's like I it just also feels like with the ending it's like they were like, yeah, we're not going to make anyone happy, so just do whatever the fuck ever. Just do whatever. That's how it felt. I don't, you know, maybe they did try. I don't know. It just felt like they phoned it in a little bit. Um, and, yeah, you're right, because of, like, behind-the-scenes knowledge, it's not, like, super surprising. But it is disappointing. Um, I do totally agree with you, though, that, like, the first, like, four seasons are incredible, beautiful, groundbreaking, wild television. And I think that Game of Thrones really has set such a precedent for television where anything can go. And I think that that's pretty cool because now shows have freedom. You don't have to worry about, like, well, we got to keep this character on because the fans love him and he's, like, you know, the big name because... You know, Sean Bean was, like, the big name of the show when it started, essentially. And they were just like, "Eh, fuck it. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's really cool because that has opened doors for a lot of shows to just kind of do what they want creatively and that makes sense for the show and not be beholden to, like, advertising dollars and all that stuff because there were so many viewers watching it and that's what made it what it was, was knowing that, like, anything could happen at any time. And I yeah. think that it, it absolutely has to be respected for that alone, like what it's done and possibly will do to the future of television. Well, and I also think it's a show that, like I said, there were so many actors that were unknown or just like I'd say, like I said, un, maybe unknown to American audiences that like now have careers because of that show. Uh, Maisie Williams, Sophie Turner, uh, Kit Harrington. um, I'm blanking on who played Rob Stark, Richard Madden. Mm-hmm. Um, Lena Headley. Like- Lena Headley had, like, a career, but I feel like now, you know, can maybe be given more. Uh, Peter Dinklage, it, like, put him, like, further on the map. Um, uh, Nikolai Kolstrowato, I don't know if he's going to start taking off at some point. Gwendolyn Christie. Um, it, it just, I feel like just that alone, it gave all these actors a chance to shine and it's 
I think it's just historical for many reasons. And while I understand, and I think it's because the, the series finale is fresh. Yeah. That just happened within the last year. However, like I say with most things, because like with the Star Wars movies, some people hate the prequels. Some people hate the new movies. Some people hate these ones. I was like, you know what? Watch the ones you like. Game of Thrones, I'm probably only going to own maybe seasons one through six on DVD, you know, whatever it may be. I may not have to watch those final two seasons ever again. Uh, Yeah, and that's fine because I enjoy the early seasons, uh, most of the series so much. Mm -hmm. And while there are some lows, there are just so many highs that I I just can't let those... 13 episodes of those final two seasons ruined the other, like, 60. <laughs> yeah, but I would argue that, like, the show was very, very heavy on where it was going and what the outcome would be. I mean, it's like, what is the Game of Thrones? How is it going to end? What is Daenerys going to do? What is the Lannisters going to do? It was all about, like, moving forward. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And so that, I think, is what makes it so hard to have such a bad ending because there was so much buildup to it. Well, yeah, you know, like, but I also it makes me wonder if things were handled differently in so many different ways. Like, for example, what if they gave the show to someone else? What if they waited until George finished, which he may not finish the next book? Yeah. What's that about? (laughs) Also, I hate to say it, but like, guys, what if he did another book and it wasn't that good? You know, (laughs) we don't know. We like to think we know, but we don't. And Mm -hmm. so I get it. The last two seasons were not that great. But, and it was a buildup. It was constantly being built up. But I just, I also would like to see other people pull that off. Because um, apparently I think they did do what George was going to do. Um, and what's funny is, what, what's funny is I think George is now going to change it. Um, which yeah. is like, which it's like, all right, man, you know, yeah, that's cheating. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, you can't fucking do that. That's bullshit. Yeah. No one else gets um, to do that. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. And so, but, in the, but that's also the fault, not a fault, but like the, the problem of a show getting so popular, that's like, I'm sorry, but like, we can't all be Vince Gilligan and pull off a finale. Like it's, I bet if we were to really look at so many of, like, say, like, the best, I don't know, 50 to 100 shows, how many had a worthwhile finale? Yeah, I could see that. It's because it's, we're saying goodbye to a show that many of us invested years. I mean, I found that show in 2012, and then it just ended in 2019. That's, like... The seven years. Some people found it in 2011. Some people found it the last two years. But, like, for me, that was a fucking seven-year journey. A lot of shit happened in those seven years. I went from being in college uh, at, like, I don't know, early 20s to now I'm, like, pushing 30. Like, it's yeah, <laughs> it's a large chunk of time. And I'm not going to allow just those those last 13 episodes to overshadow the other when there's probably, like, 50-so that I love. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that, like, perfectly describes why it's your favorite of the decade, because it was a very personal experience to you, and I think that's great. Like, it makes sense. Your relationship to it is different than mine, um, because, like, I started watching it in college, and then um, I, I think, like, season five was the first one that I watched every Sunday, I think. So it's like, you know, so it didn't have that like personal growth with the show. Um, yeah. So it completely makes sense why this is your favorite. Of the yeah. Decade. I mean, 
I it's funny because I almost I've said it numerous times. I almost turned it off after the pilot because I originally thought it was just a medieval show, mm-hmm. and then when they introduced the White Walkers in the opening sequence, I was like, "Really? Is this just zombies in medieval times?" <laughs> and but the I rest get, of the pilot's pretty rough. It's not a good pilot. Well, because it's what can you do with a story right. with such a large ensemble? I think they did the best they could with what the fuck that story is. Um, I think. Yeah, uh, so I binged the first two seasons in, like, a week or two. Um, And then, yeah, season three on is I watched it live. And so, like, you know, Red Wedding and shit, like, that was crazy. And (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know if a show will ever have that much of a cultural impact. Like, sure, there's been some stuff recently, like maybe, maybe Watchmen, maybe some other ones, but it felt like... Okay, I worked with someone who was in her early 70s, and she's like, do you watch Game of Thrones? And I'm (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I was like, it's like, you don't seem like the demographic for that at all. Like, with with a lot of boobs and violence, I didn't think you'd like that. And she's like, oh, I love that show. (laughs) There was a lot of that where it's like, everyone fucking watched it. Like, everyone or thought about watched it or at least knew what it was. It, like, you're right. The phenomenon that was Game of Thrones now, in retrospect, was crazy that this show caught on like it did. Um, But everyone watched it or everyone knew it. And there was a lot of people that same. It'd be like, wait, you watch the show? Because, like, you don't seem like that audience member at all. Like... So it's just, it's interesting, like, the impact it had and the cultural impact it will have. Um, of course, like, I respect all of that. And I did love it when it was good. So I absolutely agree that that is, like, up there in the decades. It's just, like, for me, you know, issues. But it makes sense why it's your number one. And, and I respect the hell out of the I show, I figured of it would have at least gotten an honorable mention or in your, like, I, number 10 I spot. I thought Christ. about it. I did think about it because, you know, I watched all of it and I enjoyed it sometimes. Um, I did think about it. But every time I revisited that, maybe, right, because the finale is, like, the freshest thing and it made me feel so negative that every time I thought about adding it, I would just get pissed off and be like, no. No, oh my doesn't God. deserve it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I was like very dramatic about it, but it just like makes me feel a certain way that like I didn't want to be like I love it when I'm like I'm still like I hated that ending so much. <laughs> like I wasn't ready. I'm not ready to like revisit it yet. Like as soon as the finale happened, I, and I was yelling at the TV the whole time. I was harassing my TV like. Really? Really? This is what we're going to do? Okay, sure. And, like, just, like, I was very fired up, and as soon as the finale happened, I literally just kind of, like, closed the book on it and pushed it deep, deep, deep into a bookshelf, just being like, no, 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 I'm not, I can't. So I haven't really thought about it a ton until, like, this episode, to be quite honest, and I'm still... He's still, like, ugh, about it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, personally, I think, let's give it some time and review it. And like I said, just don't watch those last two seasons, you know, because there's so much good stuff in the other seasons. Even season season five can be rough, but there's some highlights. Season six has the fucking, uh, what my friend deemed, like, the green trial. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah, that is bomb. I will give him that. That is great. Literally. Literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think 
yeah, I think it's worth rewatching. Um, yeah, I love Game of Thrones, and I think it's also you could. It's just inserted itself into pop culture so much. Like it's become such like a big franchise. I feel like it's like. You know, big ones like Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, Harry Potter, uh, Marvel movies, you know, blah, 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 Game of Thrones. You know, it's yeah. just become such a, within within eight seasons, you know, nine years became such a staple in the world that, like, yeah, I just, I think it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you look like, true. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Wow. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, <laughs> should we review our top ten? Should we just say our top tens one more yep. time? Sure. Okay. All right, so my top ten are Watchmen at number ten, Westworld at number nine, Nathan for You at number eight, the Crown at number seven, Good Place at number six, five is Succession, four is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, three is Chernobyl, two is Handmaid's Tale, and number one is Schitt's Creek. My number ten is Veep. My number nine was Black Mirror. Number eight, Key and Peele. Seven, Fleabag. Six, Better Call Saul. Five, Silicon Valley. Four, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Three, Daredevil. Two, Rick and Morty. And one, Game of Thrones. Wow, what a diverse list of shows. <laughs> yeah, My was goodness. there any crossover? No, I don't think there was one crossover. Wow, we I had think... 20 different shows. Yeah, very Jesus easily, Christ. I might add. <laughs> and everything. Like, we got Nathan for You, we got Game of Thrones, we have Chernobyl, we have Rick and Morty. This is all across the board. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, Jess, that was our top ten shows of the tens. Uh, where can everyone find you on the social medias? On Instagram and Twitter, I am at J-E-S-S-K-W-A-Z-Z, at Jess on Twitter, I'm the pros T H E P R O Z E. On tw- uh, Instagram, the the on Instagram, I am at Brandon Prosek. Uh, please follow Entertainment Buffet on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Please also follow my show at Brews and Bad Movies. Uh, the next show will be March 18th at the Music Box Theater. Entertainment Buffet also produces other shows, uh, both uh, in the in Forest Park in Geneva and the Chicagoland area. So if you're in that area, please come to our show. Stand-up shows, Brews and Bad Movies. We have a variety of types of shows. We'd love to meet you if you listen to the podcast. So come on out. Um, yeah, uh, and also... As always, I should have mentioned this in another episode, but uh, check out Movie Trailer Trash. Um, friends of the show who also plug our stuff, uh, Charlie and Bethany Duber. Always fun listening to their show. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep on rolling with our mini-series of the top tens of the tens. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in February, but... It was a full decade. There's a lot to discuss. There is a lot to discuss. There's a lot. <laughs> you know, we got a lot to talk about. And ending a decade is like a really, really big deal. So, yeah. We will continue on our little series. And, yeah. 
That's about it. And yeah. Yeah. Okay.